0: Welcome back to Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. Our hope is to assist Christians in living an abundant life in Christ and to engage the culture with the heart and mind of Jesus. For additional interviews and recordings and videos from past conferences, please visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org. And while you are there, contributions to support this program and our efforts to equip and encourage the body of Christ are welcome. That's HillCountryInstitute.org. dot org. Well, today our special guest is Rob Overholt. Rob is uh, part of the staff at Gateway Church. He's the author of Keys to Keys of Change, Create and Orchestrate Your Future. And uh, has a lot of exciting things to talk about. His experience in in starting churches, starting nonprofits, and and uh just expressing the love of Christ in creative ways. Welcome again, Rob. Well, thank you, Larry. It's uh it's great to have this conversation. So uh you know, we, one of the things that uh, that has come out in your story is how you've you've worked in the nonprofit arena. We talked in the first segment about you being a church planner and the and the, and the challenges and rewards of expanding the kingdom that way. But uh, how how do things uh, work in your experience with nonprofits? Maybe maybe a story about uh, taking care of money for somebody. How did that play out?
1: Oh yeah, it's a that's a interesting tale. We were in Las Vegas getting ready to plant a church and one of the things that's interesting about going to a place like Vegas is that we definitely wanted to make an impact in our community. We knew that was a great way to to let the community know that we cared, but it's difficult when you go to a place like, like Las Vegas. You can't exactly call people on the phone and say, hey, we're a group of pastors and we're here to make a difference. We promise. Um, would you meet with us and help tell us about the greatest needs? And so, as a way around that, we sort of started two organizations. We started the church, and then we started a separate nonprofit, and we did what was called a community needs assessment, which is basically just an organized series of interviews and surveys in a community to ascertain the great strengths and weaknesses of a community and try to figure out where you can make a difference. Can you fill a gap? Can you help? And throughout that, it was an amazing time. To be quite honest, we we did probably between 200 and 250 interviews. I can't remember where the final number ended at this point. Um, And I was on many of those myself, and uh, to tell you the truth, we started hearing the same type of responses after about 15 interviews, but we just kept doing them because we were just building inroads into people's lives. We found fantastic um, conversations, and people would always, in their effort to talk about the community, would always segue to their own personal needs. And one time in particular, uh, we were interviewing a couple of guys that started a a, um, a local music festival and called Neon Reverb in Las Vegas, and we were meeting with them, and uh, I was asking the questions for this interview for this community needs assessment, and uh, the guy kept giving me responses that were quite serendipitous to our past, some things that we'd done in the past, and at first I was thinking, wow, this is really strange. Like, this is exactly... His his responses <laughs> exactly mirror my our life journey, and then it, it occurred to me... No, this is not coincidence. He's done his homework. Uh, so I said, "Hey, you've done your homework on us, son." Huh? He said, "Yeah, I Google, I Googled, yeah, and uh, tried to figure out. I wouldn't meet with anybody without finding out a little bit about him." Which is just a word to everybody out there: word of caution. <laughs> everybody can research you, so be careful what you put out on the internet. So no more like ridiculous rants about red cups. How about that? <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, amen. Yeah. Anyway uh you know so he he said yeah i've done you know i've done some homework i I know who you are i know you guys are christians and i know that you've you know you've started some churches and he said to be honest with you i almost didn't meet with you and so i said well well, what is it about that that would keep you from having a meeting with us could you tell me and he said no i i don't want to hurt your feelings or anything i said no it's all right i got pretty thick skin and i'm wearing my thick skin sweater so just let me have it i might even agree with you who knows and he said, well, all right. And then he, he ranted for a bit about how Christians kind of live up on their perches and on their hills and drive their fancy cars and whatever, and don't seem concerned about the community. They only can seem concerned about themselves. And be it right, be it wrong, his perception was that they weren't very involved, not even to the level that he was involved, mm-hmm. that he was trying to make a difference with this music festival that they had even had uh, as a part of their festival, ways to help people in the community that were in need to bring like canned food drives what have you all kinds of different like strategies for trying to help the community and he saw that as a benevolence that he wasn't seeing enough of at least in the church and he very much liked the the hippie side of jesus which there is that side to jesus that's not the whole picture again but it's there and um and that's where he landed. And so I said, well, I really, want to, I really want to tell you I appreciate you sharing that with me, and I do agree with you more than you probably have any idea. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this. And uh, so uh, we're really concerned about the community. He said, yeah, I'm intrigued. I said, well, why don't we just finish the interview, and then maybe we can talk about that offline again sometime. He said, okay. And so as we got to the interview uh, at, the, at the eventual part, he segued again to personal need. And as he was trying to tell me about the problems that kind of plagued the city of Vegas, and some of the things that went on. He gave me the example. Uh, this is the example he cited. He said, "This town is, you know, all about greed. They'll find a way to take your money from you if you're trying to do something good. They'll find a way to take your money." Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, f- I'll give you a perfect example. We've been doing this festival for the last few years. I've been booking bands in this town for a dozen years, and now you need a license uh, to promote bands. And it sounds lame, I know, but it's you know. A couple hundred bucks to get a license, and I don't have it right now. I mean, my, you know, my girlfriend's working. I'm doing this. We're trying to raise kids. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot, you know, he's messy, just had a messy situation. And so, I, you know, right away I felt, you know, just prompting and looked over at my wife, and she was with me, and we both knew what we had to do. And I asked him, well, who can we make a check out to? And he kind of looked at me and said, what are you talking about? I said, well, we want to write you a check. If it's $200, can we write that out? Who do we make that out to so that you can get your license mm-hmm. and keep doing what you love doing? We agree that you're doing something that's beneficial to the community. We appreciate your heart for yeah, the community. How do we help? Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, uh, man, who are you? <laughs> and uh, very snarkily, I think I responded, well, I, I thought you knew me. You uh, you did a Google search, and I thought you knew the story. <laughs> and he said something to the effect of, well, I guess maybe you can't tell everything about somebody from the Internet. I uh, said, so, "Well, why don't we just do that? Let's agree that that's true, that you can't tell everybody. Something about everybody from the internet, and let's uh let's let's try to do this and you know he resisted it was it was actually a great moment he resisted he said no i can 't take this from you i don't want to be one of the takers in this town and i said you 're not taking we 're giving it we're giving it freely. This is a free gift, and help us work on the reputation of Christians, and you keep doing what you love and mm-hmm. It was a great moment uh he he within a couple of weeks introduced us to many people on his network, and i 'll never forget the coolest thing of all to me is that he began to introduce us. He would say, this is Robin Shaw. They're the people I told you about. They're here to help. Wow. And I love that. And I, Mm -hmm. yeah, that as a Christian, I would, I would love to be introduced that way. Yeah. Every place I ever went. Yeah. It'd be great.
0: It's like, that's the way we want to be thought of. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But when
0: you, when you visit with people like the feedback he was giving you early on, or you read a book like unchristian by Barna, you realize that that's not the perception of the church. certainly is not. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: and I don't think that perception is completely fair, but it's not completely unfair either. Let's be honest. It's yeah. uh, we've we've done some things uh, in Christendom to really give ourselves some black eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: At, at best, there's just some truth in there. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. absolutely.
0: And, and uh, well, and in and, and building these these coalitions and all, you you also had another nonprofit where you became known for the door. You know, and what was what's the story on that?
1: Well, that one's back in Virginia. So East Coast, uh, that's where I uh, came from. I'm I'm from the East Coast originally, and we started a church, and we were in this district that was very much, um, not a nice place, it was in Norfolk, Virginia, so it was kind of down by the harbor, and there was uh, very much a, uh, it was very artsy community, very um, just kind of... You know, very eclectic and bohemian kind of culture, mm-hmm. and we had just decided um, I'd gone to Toronto. Honestly, that kind of started. If I can backtrack a little bit, I'd been on a trip to Toronto with my wife, and we like to take these double decker bus tours. And and in doing so, we came on this district in Toronto called the Distillery District, which had been an old distillery that was now defunct. And a group of um, a group of entrepreneurs came along, and they had a vision for this a distillery district and they, uh, they went out and got capital and they, you know, got some people to invest and they turned this distillery into what is now known as the distillery district in Toronto. If you've seen the movie Cinderella man, where he's at the gates and they're all, you know, on, you know being put out of job and looking for jobs. That's right there on the cobblestone streets of the distillery district in Toronto. And it's amazing, an amazing place. It's now, it's now filled with boutiques and restaurants and, and, um, Art Galleries is just gorgeous, and I remember in that in that journey on that bus tour saying to my wife, "Why is it that christians don't don't do more of this? Mm-hmm. like what if we found old places that have just been given up for dead and we had a vision to just refurbish and and yeah. and 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 have beautiful things happening to them bring as a life. means, yeah bring yeah. life and as a means to tell the gospel and so in that name, and in that vein we we got back to Norfolk and we were playing a church and we looked for um we just looked for the like a a rotten spot <laughs> there's no two ways about it we looked for and we found this old warehouse down in these uh on uh, in this little docks area and it was just it was just not a nice place it was a very um it was yeah, it was just in ruins, kind of rust coming down the walls, and we turned it into an eclectic, uh, not very nice space, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, we just gave it an eclectic spin, and about 35 of us went in and did the labor, got a contractor to come out and kind of help us, give us tips. And we sort of turned this just, just this whole of a place into a very eclectic eccentric kind of vibe that kind of matched the bohemian and avant-garde nature of our community. Mm-hmm. And we just began doing things in the community. And we based our entire thing on, uh, first Peter three fifteen, which I'm sure you know, well, Larry, which says, um, set apart in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer. when someone asks you for the hope that you have, uh, and, but do this with gentleness and respect. It's one of my favorite verses, uh, Peter makes the mother of all assumptions to a church that's going through incredible uh persecution. Mm-hmm. He makes the mother of all assumptions, which is that you would conduct your affairs in such a way that people would stop and say, Hey, what what is going on with you? Why why do you do this? And yeah. so we we just set out to say, no more mission statements, let's have why statements. And we just kind of chucked the mission. I mean I'm not saying mission statements are bad by any stretch, so I don't I don't need to get any emails. Don't email Larry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mission statements are okay. But let's
1: talk about why statements and let's make some uh, let's position ourselves culturally where people are saying, Hey, why? Mm-hmm. Why do you care so much? Why do you want to help us? And so in that space that we had renovated, we started housing art shows, we started housing artists in the community where they could come and do their work. Uh, we would we would just let them use our space during the week when we weren't using it we would we give them means and access to it and it kind of became known as the warehouse it was just it was a simple name it was just an old mm-hmm. warehouse and it was called the warehouse and it got to the point that uh, i laughed because people would say oh i've heard about your church where does it meet and i'd say oh it's the warehouse and they and people would say you meet in the warehouse and i would laugh and i would say our church is the warehouse like that's what it is and the funny thing about that is um, I'd, I'd been invited to, to go to Tennessee and talk to a group of pastors about what was going on uh, in this in in that time and, and what was going on with their church plant. And I, I went to this room and I was talking to this group of pastors and I was explaining to them that in our community, in our church, we didn't have any signs. We had no signs whatsoever. The only way you could know us in the community is it was a gray warehouse and we had a yellow door. So we would just tell people, look for the yellow door going to your question about the door and I'll never forget talking to this group of pastors and telling them we had no signs. We had no signs out on the streets that we were literally in a community that that would have been seen as propaganda to them. That would have been seen as something more too corporate in a community that was much more bohemian. And again, I'm not against signs and I'm not against any of those things. I'm for the community and the best way to reach the community and in that community, it was best to do it without the signage and all that, and just kind of have this subversive, and we would, I so I gave this talk to these group, this, this group of pastors, and I said, we just decided that if we weren't going to be known in our community for what we did, we wouldn't be known. So if we couldn't impact the community, we wouldn't be known in that community. Uh, and I'll never forget, we did a Q&A, and <laughs> every question I answered in that Q&A for about the first five questions, this was my answer. Uh, no, there are there are no signs, no signs at all. Okay. Yeah, okay. Next question. Uh, no, there's n- not a single sign anywhere to be found. There's no sign over the door. There's no sign on the door. It was, it was very uh, entertaining. People couldn't get past that. But the truth is, and the beautiful part was that we we had turned that uh, into just an amazing. That that situation was just beautiful, and we were known in that community. So much so that when we were leaving to go plant a church in Las Vegas, somebody from the community who is not a believer but concerned said, I'm concerned if you guys leave, what will happen? Because we need you guys here. Mm. We need this church here. This and I love, that. Church, yeah. here, and I love that. outside the church, yeah. outside the body. And I
0: love that. Wow. So, so there's something, you, you, you find something that you resonate with that touches other people and you build on that. I mean, it could be common cause, it could be space, it could be a lot of things, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it could, it could be anything. But I think if we can just realize that there's just so many arenas in life where uh, we have common interests with people. And in fact, it's one of the wise statements I live by in my life, which is, uh, we might come to the issue for for different reasons, but your issue is close to the heart of God, and if it's close to the heart of God, then it's close to my heart too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God's mm-hmm. given me particular passion about certain things, and some of those things are easier for me to come and find the commonality in. Um, and then there's other things that are not as easy, but I'm hopeful that God sends someone else who's a Christian who has a passion or yeah. uh, you know a way a door a way into the door of that of that a common agreement. Sure. And that when we find that common ground with people, we can begin to build to to in hopes, uh introduce them to yeah.
0: the creator. So you're you're thinking about creativity particularly. So you know, in in, in portions of San Antonio, here in Austin lots of places, there's a tremendous desire to be creative and to support people who are creative and, and tremendous needs. Yeah. So,
1: And in fact, right now we're working on my buddy, Eric and I, you know, Eric, well, mm-hmm. uh, Eric from Gateway, we're working on an initiative right now in Austin because Austin is, is chock full of entrepreneurs yeah. and we're entrepreneurs ourselves. I mean, I, I like starting things. So again, mm-hmm. the commonality, we're trying to ha- ask them, what do you need? What assistance do you need? And how can we help? We have an army who comes and in every week and sits with us of volunteers yeah. and people who want to be a part of something meaningful. How do we help you do your meaningful thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that initiative we're working on is called Start Good Things. We're really excited about getting ready to start That's a podcast. Right. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that.
0: Okay. Start Good Things. We'll keep that in mind. And you know, other I mean, it, it, there's no end to the things that you can build community around. Human trafficking is so big along the I-35 corridor mm. here. You know, San Antonio, Austin, we're, we're, we're just inundated with it. Uh, what are we going to do with our environment? How do we how do we care for the environment in this rapid growth that we're experiencing? Absolutely. And and housing. I mean, so so there's no there's there's no um, uh, problem finding cause. It's then coming together like you talked about finding ways to build community around that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if someone's out there and they're like, "Hey, wh- what can I do?" My, I would be like, "Hey, come to the retreat, hang out with us, and let's yeah. have an idea session. Yeah. let's just sit around and talk about." What 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 is your passion? What where do you live? What's going on in the context of your community? We can come up with ideas to find commonality.
0: Yeah, idea it. sessions are great, aren't they? Yeah, I love. Yeah, them. And if you've just joined the program, the retreat that Rob mentioned is the "Love Your Neighbor with the Heart and Mind of Christ" retreat at Camp Allen, December fourth through sixth. That's a Friday through Sunday. Uh, Camp Allen is located near Navasota. It's between Houston and College Station. It's a thousand acres of beautiful rolling. Hills, trees, lakes, uh, very lush setting, beautiful uh, uh, improvements, wonderful rooms, private rooms. Uh, the food is very good, and fireplace, line dancing, lots of good things to do. So if you want to find out more about it, visit hillcountryinstitute.org or call 512-680-7993. Rob, one, one thing that, that uh, I think people would resonate with is the story of how you, you know, we talked some about your family, your upbringing, but we didn't really get into the details of how you came to ask questions and go through your process and and come to know Jesus. Tell tell us something about that, if you would.
1: Sure, yeah. It's a a bizarre story, but uh, those are the fun ones, I guess, right? Uh, But I was, you know, well into my 20s. i as I said, grew up around church, but kind of left that behind, thought that there was some meaning in the world, but didn't think it was attached to any kind of religion, uh, you know, including Christianity. And um, I was in my 20s. I'd gotten my girlfriend pregnant when she was a junior in college, and so we weren't off to a very good start. Mm-hmm. We did things really out of order. And we were we were newlyweds with a brand new baby, and we were broke. Uh, I'd never really held a decent job. I was I was too busy trying to become a rock star, <laughs> and uh, and you know it was just not a good start. And I was bitter, and I, to be quite honestly, I was jaded. I was just yeah. very jaded. And uh, but I had this amazing son who was God was using to change my life because I was mm-hmm. for the first time in my life I. I I held something that made me choose. Um, I was holding this human that made me choose am I going to be selfish and, uh, and use this human for my yeah. means or am I going to serve this human? Mm. And that that really began some strange things for me and when he was about three years old interestingly enough, of all things, my mother called and said, can we start taking Logan to church? Logan's my son and yeah. and uh, in, in the ultimate hypocrisy I said, ah uh, uh, yeah I, yeah, I think so, because I want him to be moral, but I don't want him to believe, you know, yeah, which is yeah. the ultimate, get you know, the right yeah, thing. Good, yeah, yeah like, be, you, know, be a, you know, learn how to be a good person, but don't believe mm-hmm. any, uh, anything else. And, but my son is a genius. He takes after my wife completely and he, he's three years old and he's going to these church events and he's coming home and he's asking these just big, amazing questions. And I'm tucking him in bed at night. And I'm really concerned because I remember some of the stories, mm-hmm. but I don't really have a connection to the stories. I just know these words and I know these stories. And so I'm telling them, I'm trying to fill some gaps for them, but I'm more, more than anything. I'm kind of saying, I don't think you need to worry about this. Why don't you just be three and just enjoy your life and just, again, mm-hmm. learn, you know, it's bad to do this. This is good. And, yeah. But it troubled me, honestly, where I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile it. To be honest with you, I knew that he was really smart and that he was going to keep asking questions, and I didn't know any of the answers. Uh, To be honest, I just—I had anger. That's really Mm -hmm. all I had. I was just clinging to anger more than I was, like, intellect. Uh, And so— I I set about trying to just find out as many answers as I could about religion, and really my concern, my primary concern was just to know information about religion so I could debunk it, Mm -hmm. and I'd I'd met an an atheistic religious professor who was an adjunct professor at a local university where I lived, and I thought that was a perfect arrangement. He was an atheist. I wanted to be an atheist, which sounds crazy, (laughs) but that's what I wanted. That was uh, your desire. Yeah, I just wanted, I just didn't want to believe, and uh, and he knew a lot about religion, and he, he began you know, just telling me, hey, you should read this, you should find this, you should get this. And so I began just studying these different things. And to be quite honest with you, uh, not only did it not give me clarity, it gave me more confusion. I began to be more confused than ever.
0: Questions grew.
1: Huh? Yeah, the questions just got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And But eventually one day I was asking him something, I can't even remember what it was, and he said something to the effect of, well, what do you mean if, I, if someone held a gun to my head and said you had to pick a path, what would it be? And I was like, well that's not what I was looking for, but what is your answer yeah. to that question? Mm-hmm. He said, I think I'm gonna go with Jesus and and just went through every religion, including Christianity, I might add, in about two minutes and debunked them, but made a comment about Jesus I never forgot, which was that Jesus went through hell but always seemed to respond the way you'd want somebody claimed to God. Mm-hmm. Claimed to be mm-hmm. God to respond. And I just remember being blown away he was a throwaway comment for him. But for me, it stuck like an like a dagger, and I just went home and dusted off an old Bible my mom had given me years before, and I just read the Gospels. I'd never actually read them, yeah. you know. I just heard about them, mm. and I read them for myself. and And to be quite honest, with nobody around me, with nobody leading me mm. in prayer, no one doing anything of that nature, just reading the Gospels, I just got, I just broke and said, "All right, God, uh, I'm in." Like I want to follow Jesus, and that. You know, yeah. it's uh it's a a story you tell in 5 minutes but it was really a lot longer than that. Yeah, it was a long mm-hmm. journey. Sure. That was not an easy journey. Yeah. But uh but my life changed in a minute, man. Ch- changed in a minute.
0: So Logan softened your heart.
1: Right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always tell everybody I was I was led to Christ by a 3-year-old and an atheistic religious professor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh,
0: that's great. Well, there's something you know about the hounds of heaven when they when they come after you it It opens doors that uh that that never would have been opened otherwise, mm. you know that wasn't something you were seeking. You were really honestly doing your best to rebunk all this religious stuff, weren't you?
1: yeah, I was trying to just forget it and leave it behind, but uh yeah, it wouldn't leave me and you know I'm grateful like I'm grateful that my mom never gave up hope, you know, mm-hmm. I used to mock her pretty openly, actually, she used to call and. We'd be going through a trial, and she'd say, well, Rob, I'm praying for you. And I would say, oh, oh, Shala, with my mom on the phone, you know, oh, my mom's breaking out the fairy dust and praying. You know, yeah. it's all going to be all right, yeah. which is just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. And, uh, and, you know, but I'm really grateful that she didn't
0: stop praying. Sure. Well, and, and, and there was something about an honesty in your response, too. You didn't just say, okay, Mom, and, and let it go. You were you were antagonistic.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm nothing if not honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And so if we can if we can seek honesty in how we relate to people, then that's part of part of the package, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I, yes, absolutely. Just and, and, just authentic, and just it's not your job to, you know. I I I feel like you know over and over again it's. Uh, you know, Jesus never asked us to be a salesman, and he never asked mm-hmm. us to be his defense attorneys either, to be quite honest. He asked us to be his witness. Mm-hmm. I mean, he says, you'll be my witnesses. Yeah. And Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I think if we can just honestly give a, a witness of, like, this is what I've experienced in my life.
0: This is my story.
1: Yeah, this is my story. No one, you know, yeah. no one can take that. No one can, you know, no one can do you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, less sales. Less defensiveness, more witness. And it's hard for me to look. Look, file that under easier said than done, totally. Yeah, but sure. I do think there's, there's there's something there that's important.
0: Yeah, I think people can identify with that. My reality, my mistakes, this is my life. Absolutely. This is my story. This is what yeah. Jesus did. Yeah. And it's what he's doing.
1: Yeah, and it reminds me, I love, you know, John 9, you know, the blind man. You know, mm-hmm. I love the story. You know, I love where the Pharisees are coming in like, like, Rabid yeah. dogs foaming at the mouth, like, Who is this guy? And, yeah. and I love his innocent response, which is like, I don't know, man. All I know as I was blind, now I can see. Do you want to, do you want to, do <laughs> you want to see too? You want you want me to take it too? Yeah, like, and it's just that, it's just that honest, you know, just that innocence of that childlike look of like, Look, all I know is. I was a wreck, and in my life, that's true. All I know I was a wreck in my twenties. So we can—that's
0: you know. what we can take, isn't it? We Absolutely. don't have to worry about knowing everything. That's right. That's yeah, right. Because you—you you had an experience shortly after you became—you became a of being put in charge of some high school kids.
1: I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did. You yeah, were well
0: prepared for that, right? Yeah.
1: No, not <laughs> at all. I don't even recommend that as an approach, but it was interesting. I went—you—I know, went to a church. Uh, I thought—I thought at the time every church had been started in the Revolutionary War era you know, because I was from the East Coast and thought they'd all been around since the 1700s and just went and said, I I became a Christian. I want to get baptized. And the guy looked me over and said, oh, you should work with youth. And so just a few weeks I was working with a group of middle school students and I didn't really enjoy that, um, for obvious reasons. (laughs) And so, and then they put me in with 11th grade boys and, uh, it was really pretty amazing. Because I was sitting with this group of 17-year-old guys who were asking some of the best questions I've ever heard still. And, and I just weeks, literally weeks in, in the months leading up to that, had the same questions. And they were just like, what about this? And, and I think they were used to an environment where that would be shut down and people would say, look, we don't question God. Yeah, don't we no. don't talk like that? God said mm-hmm. that's the way it is, and Maybe they for the, were testing you. Yeah. yeah, and so for the first time, somebody that had had been given some measure of authority was sitting with them, saying, Man, "That's a great question." Uh, there's this brand new thing called the internet. Why don't yeah. you look it up? I'll look it up. Let's come back together and let's let's really get in and try to tackle it. And again, it goes back to what we talked about previously, which is you know I just learned that I just learned like hands on, like right away, the DNA was setting me of becoming a Christian, which is. This is true, and truth is not intimidated by anything.
0: That's great, Rob. Uh, if you're just joining us, hope you can listen to this another time on a podcast. Rob Overholt is our guest. Rob's experience in coming to Christ, Rob's experience in building community and planting churches, is a great model for us to think about of how we relate to a world at large and, and how we are ambassadors and witnesses for Christ. Rob will be leading the retreat at Camp Allen Called Loving Your Neighbor with the Heart and Mind of Christ, December 4th through 6th. Camp Allen, as I've said this before, if you've heard it, it's just a beautiful location. We're going to have time to interact with each other, talk about ideas about how we relate to the world at large, and how we build each other up in our faith. So visit hillcountryinstitute.org to find out more about the Love Your Neighbor with the Heart and Mind of Christ retreat, and to listen to other programs and podcasts from Hill Country Institute. Thank you again for being with us. Look forward to being with you again soon.